Welcome to Gethsemane Church. I'm Pastor Mark Lowe. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. We hope today's service will inspire you, challenge you, and encourage you. For more information about our church, please go to GethsemaneChurchG3.com. God bless and enjoy the service. a special courageous person to step on the battlefield and use that weapon for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bible, want to turn with us to Joshua chapter 3 today. Joshua chapter 3 will be in verse, uh, we'll start at verse 1 of Joshua chapter 3. While you're finding that, we're going to start in Philippians. I have a passage of scripture here that uh, God's laid on my heart for us. Title of this message is On the Brink of Greater. Amen? Would you believe that? The church is on the brink of greatness. It's on the brink of greater, amen, than what we've ever experienced before, what he promised in his word. So we're going to talk about that here today. But in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14, this is what the Bible declares to us. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, Paul said, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Amen? Underline that. I want to say that again. Reaching forth unto those things which are before. We can't cry over spilt milk. We can't think about what used to be. you got to place in your heart what God has for you now. Amen? Children of Israel could look back all day long and look at Egypt and think about everything they've lost. But oh my, what God had waiting on them on the other side of Jordan, amen? That's what you and I got to look forward to. We've all lost some great things in this life, amen? We've all lost loved ones. We've all lost jobs. We've all lost money. We've all lost animals. We've all lost this, that, and the other. But guys, Jesus has something greater for you and I, amen? It ain't about where you've been. It's where you're going, amen? Can I get a witness in the house today, amen? It ain't about where you've been. It's where you're going, he said, reaching forth unto those things which are before, he said, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God and Christ Jesus. Amen. I press toward a higher mark, a higher prize than what this world has to offer. Amen. Yeah, we might have lost some things of value here, but those things are going to rust. They're going to go away. The moth's going to eat them up according to Scripture. But what God has for you and I, the prize of the high calling of Christ, is far greater than anything this world has to offer. Amen. We just got to reach forth and go get it. Amen. Reach forth and go get it. You've heard that many times, but it still remains true. Amen. Let go and let God. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say that. Let go and let God. Amen. Amen. We're on the brink of greater. If you would pray with me here today. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, just for the privilege and honor once again that we have to be in your house. Man, what an honor it is, God, to be here today. What an honor it is, Lord, to serve in the army of the living God today, to know, the Lord, that we are enlisted in your army, Lord. And, Father, we just ask, Lord, that you would just continue, Lord, to bless us with your presence, continue, God, to grace us with your presence, continue, God, to prepare us and equip us, God, for what lays ahead of us, Lord, the greater, God, that you have for us. Father, I pray today, Lord, that if there's anybody in here today who's dwelling on what they've lost. Help each one of us, Lord, to forget about those things and to focus ourselves, as Paul said, forward to try to attain the thing that attained us, to reach out and grab a hold of you, God, as you grabbed a hold of us. Help us, Lord, to chase 
hard after you, God, and hard after the plans you have for us, hard after the finished victory and reward that you have waiting on all of your children. God, help us, Lord, to understand that what is in front of us is far larger than what we've left behind. We have more waiting on us on the other side of Jordan than we had on this side of Jordan. Father, I pray that you would help us to do that. And God, not only that, but help us, Lord, not to lose sight of how awesome it is when we step into greater, God, when we step into the middle of where we're at, into the middle of that Jordan. Help us not to forget about the journey, God, because that journey is precious as we press toward that mark of the prize of the high calling of God. Help us, Lord, not to miss your greatness and your moving and all the wondrous things that you do for us along the way. And, Father, we'll be sure to praise you and honor you and glorify you and thank you for everything that you do for us. For it's in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray and ask all these things and shout glory to your name. And all God's children said, Amen. 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 Yeah, we got a this message... <laughs> I told Damien, man, this, this thing is something. I, God's been really touching my heart about this, the brink of greater or the bank of greater, if you will. Uh, I think about the church today and, you know, where we're at as a church today uh, is, is really an exciting time. To look around this world today, you wouldn't think it'd be real exciting, would you, right? When your taxes are high, the inflation is high. I mean, it just seems like all the things that you and I hold dear are changing, right? Uh, how our country sees God, how the world sees God, all the destruction, all the death, all the addictions, all the things that you and I see every day. It's hard for us to see good when all we're faced with is bad. Is that right? We can't see the good because of all the bad. Today in this story that you're going to hear, the children of Israel were just like the church today. right? They were on this side of glory, this side of the promised land, and what stood between them was the Jordan River here and the Egyptian army here right now God had destroyed the Egyptian army in the Red Sea but Egypt still existed on the other side right so they had their oppressors on this side and they had the Jordan on this side now you got to understand during this time the Jordan River was not like a little old stream the Jordan River here right there was it was the rainy seasons and it was just flooding it was overflowing the banks and it was just raging out of control and here they were being told that now they've got to in order to get to the promised land you got to endure one more hardship. Amen? Anybody ever been there? You just feel like God just got one more hardship for you. Isn't that right? That's the way we feel sometimes. So it's hard for us to see that God has something greater for us if we press forward in Him and just trust Him. But He does. In this church today, the world that we live today, we're on the brink of greater. Not greatness because the church has experienced greatness. Amen? We have. Look back at the Bible. They've experienced greatness. This church right here has experienced greatness in the past few years. We have experienced it. But greatness and greater greatness is two different things. Amen? This isn't it. When you and I get excited about something that you see and something that happens, you say, man, what could be greater than this? Well, I can assure you with Jesus, there's always greater. Amen? Always more with Jesus. He always has more in store for us. In fact, I'll say it to you this way. I believe I can say this under the authority of God's Word. When we get to heaven, there's even greater. Amen? Amen? Greater. We think that heaven's the end game. Heaven's not the end game. Heaven is the beginning game, right? Because we live and rule and reign with Christ and with God and with all of heaven's angels and all of God's children for all of eternity. Amen. And I know this greater says this, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of man, God said. Right? These things he has waiting on all of us, his children. So I'm telling you, Heaven is not the end game, it's the beginning. Amen? 
always more with God, always more with Christ, always, right? We can get as much of Him as we want, but greater is just right in front of us. Amen? Some of you have been in some battles, and I promise you greatness or greater is right in front of you. It is, and you're going to see it in this story here today. Children of Israel could not see it, had been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. An entire generation of people had died out, right? It was just bad, bad, and more bad, right? They just couldn't seem to get ahead. They couldn't get to the promised land. They were eating quail, and they were eating, they were eating manna from on high, right? And they left the flesh pots of Egypt and all the stuff right here. They were out here in the middle of this wilderness, and they had never got to the promised land. Now, that was their fault, not God's. Amen, somebody, if you read the story. But a whole generation of people died out during this time. And now they're being told, okay, saddle up your horses. It's time to go to the promised land. I got to believe there's a few of them in there, Kobe, little naysayers thinking, yeah, we've been hearing that for years. Have you been hearing that for years, right? Jesus is coming back. You've been hearing that? How many of you have been hearing it all your life? Every one of you ought to raise your hand. We've all been hearing that all our lives. Right? At least the whole time you've been in church or been around God. You've been hearing He's coming back. And he's going to deliver the church. And He's going to take us to be with Him. And there'll be no more tears. And there'll be none of all these things. We've been hearing it for years. Right? And some of us in here have been hearing preachers preach for a long time. Not just heaven, but God's got something better for you now. Right? He has a plan for you. Just keep walking. Right? And what do we say? I've heard that for years. Right? Things just keep going wrong. In fact... Preacher, I wish you wouldn't say that because as soon as I go outside, the alternator in my car is going to be dead just because you said that. All right? Better things are happening. Now, if somebody's alternator dies today, that was not me. That was prophetic. Amen. But God makes a way. Amen. Advanced autos right down the road. We'll get you down there. God makes a way. But there's always better. We just got to trust God. So let's look at this story here today. Children of Israel are right where you and I are today, right? Oppression on every side. Going, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Everything we once knew is not what we know now. Right? And it just seems like we're never going to get to that promised land. So here we know that Moses had, had died out. Joshua now was in, was in, uh, in authority here as, as far as in the fleshly sense. God had put him in charge of leading the children of Israel. God had told the children of Israel here through Joshua that it's time to go over to the promised land. Gave them strict, um, uh, strict details of what was supposed to happen for them to do that. We're going to dive right in here now. This is the day that they were about to go over into the promised land. Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days, somebody say three days, days. that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, His presence, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Get up, right, and go after it. In verse 4, yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye have not passed this way hither before, or heretofore. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves. Amen, somebody. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Amen. I love those two passages. He says here to them, he said, you're going to go and see some things that you ain't never seen before. You're going to pass somewhere you've never passed before. And he said, get ready because God's about to do wonders in your life. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. ready. Amen. Get ready. He's about to do something great in your life. Joshua spake unto the priest saying, take up the ark of the covenant 
pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I, bring, will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. Amen. This day, he's saying to, to Joshua, and he's saying to you and I, the whole world's going to know that I'm with you, and if I'm before you, who can be against you? Amen. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. Amen. Get your toes in the water. Come on, somebody. Stick your toes in the water. Amen. Trust God. He said, when you get to the brink, stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. I want you to know today we're going to get in this message. And I want you to come here with me and listen to what God has for this church today. I'm not talking about the church across America. I'm not talking about the church across the world. I'm talking to you here at Gethsemane Church and to me. And to those of you that are part of Gethsemane Church watching us, listen, pay attention. This message is strictly for Gethsemane Church. Amen? Amen. And I want you to know that today. God laid this on my heart strictly for us here today. In verse 10, Joshua said, Hereby you shall know that the living God is among you. Amen, somebody? And that he will without fail, without fail, fail he will without fail look at your neighbor say without fail drive out before you listen now <laughs> i love this because we're going to throw some other things in here amen brother ron i ain't changing the word i'm just kind of putting something in god told me to put in here okay brother ron gets me all the time me and keith about that don't change the word of god amen god is among you and that he will without fail drive out from you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Jebusites. I love to look at it this way. God will drive out from before you the addiction in your life, the lack of money in your life. He'll drive out, right, that lust for that man or that woman. God's going to drive out your physical ailments, right? You see what I'm saying? Here to know today, without fail, God is going to remove your thorn in the flesh. Amen? He's going to remove the burden that's in your heart. That's been attacking you. These enemies that have been attacking you. These ites that have been attacking you for all your days. God's about to move them. Amen. He's going to move them. But you got to follow him when you see him go by. Amen. You got to follow him. He said, here too, know this today without fail that God's going to do that. And in verse 11, behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you into Jordan. Right. Behold, the presence of God is going to pass over before you. Today, behold, the presence of God is here today. Amen? And He's going to, without fail, drive out all these things that are holding you back from the promised land. These things stood between God's people and victory on the other side. Look, the water was no problem. He had to get their minds past these giants that sat on the other side. Amen? I don't think the problem was the Egyptians because he done, they've already seen that God could take care of them. Amen? And the waters, they, he, they had saw where God had already divided waters like the Red Sea. He knew, they knew that he could take care of the Jordan. But what he had to get out of their mind was all these ites that were attacking him daily. Amen. These giants, amen. But without fail, he's going to take care of them. Joshua clearly said to them, don't you worry about it, amen. Don't give any thought to those things. Remember, there were some spies that went over and came back and said, oh, these are giants. Right? We look like grasshoppers in their sight. Right? Fear began to take on the people. 
Have you ever got real close to the presence of God, real close to the brink of the Jordan River, real close to victory on the other side, and all of a sudden these giants start rising up in your life? Amen? Man, you got your feet right here, and you stick your toe in there, and as soon as you get a toe in there, here comes the Jebusites. Amen? And you get them defeated, and you put another toe in there, and here come the Amorites. And you get that taken care of, here come the Gergesites, right? All these ites keep coming, and all we're doing up there is a Tennessee two-step with Jesus, right? We've got our right foot in, our left foot in, our right foot in, our left foot out, right? All these things. When all he said was, know without fail, when you see the presence of God move, move with him. Amen. 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 Move with him. Don't back out. Jump in. Amen. Don't back out. God has something greater for you and I today. We're on the brink of greater. So when you see this story here in verse 1, the first thing that comes to mind to me in order for the children of Israel to see greater, for you and I to see greater is he told the church that they've got to get up and move. Amen? In verse 1, let me read it to you one more time. This is what he said. Joshua rose early in the morning. He got up early. He did not hesitate. He did not sleep or slumber. He got up early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. Amen? He and the children of Israel, and they lodged there before they passed over. They got up, and they moved. Amen? The greater that God has for you today here at Gethsemane Church, every one of you that are listening to me, is he's, he's, he's got greater for us. But in order to get greater, you got to go get it. Amen? you got to get up and go get it. See, we live in a welfare society. Now, there's nothing wrong with welfare. There's nothing wrong with help. God helps all of us. God helps birds and animals, right? He does those things. But what's happening in our society today is we're sitting over here on this side of the Jordan. Victory's right over there. And God said, now come over here and get it. I've given you victory. It's right here. And what do we say? I'm trying to get it, God, but you've got to push it a little bit closer. Put it in my hands, God. I'm scared of the work that has to come before. Every time I try to come over there, something just keeps knocking me back. We live in a welfare society where we want God to just put it in our hands. We want to sleep in. Can I not just sleep in, God? I know today is the day you said we're going to go over Jordan. Can you imagine Joshua saying this to God? I mean, really, i got to get up early in the morning? I mean, i got to get up like at sunrise? Can I not just get up at 9 or 10? I mean, what's the difference? What's the, you said a, a, a day unto you is like a thousand years, God. So what's the deal? I want to sleep until 10. I want you to already have the river divided. I want the ground to already be dry. Take them 12 rocks that you want them priests to come back in and get. Go ahead and have them on the other side for me. Is that right? Go ahead and have everything ready. And when I go on the other side, can I get some scrambled eggs, a little sausage, a little toast? You know, waiting on me when I get there, Lord. You know, and then I got to nap a little while when I finally get into promised land. Because that's a lot of work to be able to sleep in, walk across there, eat, and I need a nap. That sounds like a lot of our Sundays, does it not? Huh? But the first thing is we got to get up and we got to be there, be present. Amen? Get up and be present. You're not going to receive victory or your reward if you don't get up and at least be present. Amen? Man, when Christmas morning rolled around, it don't matter how many gifts was under the tree. If I never got up to get in there and be present to see how many presents were there, I'd have never received one. Amen? You got to go get it. Man, God has gift wrapped. He has put the bow on top of it in the name of Jesus Christ, in the person of Jesus. Victory has been gift wrapped, pretty bow on it, handed to us right here. All we got to do is go get it. Amen? But you got to put forth the effort, right? 
He tells them, get up and be ready, be present, get at the bank, get at the brink, right? Be there. Because if God casts blessings over and you're not there to catch them, they're just going to hit the ground. Amen? How many of you know here today, I think God's been pouring blessings out for all of us because the Bible says that He would open windows up and pour out blessings on us? And some of us are saying, God has cut those blessings off. God's not blessing me anymore. Well, have you ever thought God may be blessing, but we're not down there catching? Amen? He's pouring it out. He's still letting it rain. We just ain't down there with our cups trying to catch the water. Amen? we got to be ready. These blessings are coming and they're falling to the ground. Amen? And we're wondering what's happening to God. But while we're sleeping, the blessings are hitting the ground. Amen? Wasted. we got to be ready. Amen? Get there and be present. If you're ever going to see a beautiful sunrise, you got to get up to see it. Amen? Unless you're going to look at it on Facebook or Instagram or look at it on Google or whatever you look at it on. Right? If you're going to experience it for yourself, you got to get up and see it. I love everybody going on vacation. I love them beautiful sunrises y'all seeing me. They're beautiful. But it didn't move me like it moved you. There's something about being present and seeing it for yourself. You can't explain it. Amen? Pictures cannot describe how beautiful that setting was. Because here's what I'm missing. I don't hear the birds flying over chirping like you do. I don't see them flying. I don't hear the roar of the ocean as it comes in. I don't smell the salt as it blows by, right, as it comes off the ocean. I don't feel the humidity and heat. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't feel, <laughs> let's get to fall. I don't feel the warm, I mean, the cool breeze as it blows through on the ocean, right? There's things that you and I miss. The laughter of a child running down the, 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 the sand with his mother early in the morning, right? So it didn't move me like it moved you. But it still was pretty. For you and I, we got to get up and get ready for what God has for us so we don't miss the experience. Amen? Amen? The sunrise, the experience is what made it great. And victory for you and I is not just the relief that comes with victory. It's not just the peace that we're searching for. It's not just the happiness, it's the experience, amen, of God. Right in the middle of it, amen? That's what does it. That's where it's at. So first, we've got to get up and move. Secondly, here you see in verse 3, I'm going to read it to you. Verse 3, and they commanded the people saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, the presence of God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Be present. And the second thing he tells them is, when you see God move, chase hard after him. Amen? When God is moving in your life, that is not the time to sit still and go and listen to cherubims and angels singing going, oh, and you're just, oh, glory. You know, that's, when you feel God moving in your life, get up and run and chase after him. Amen? That's the time to make up ground. Amen? See, here's why. When God's moving, He's already cleared a path. Amen? Because wherever God goes, evil is what? <laughs> Y'all with me? You see what I'm saying? So God just goes through and just starts dividing and conquering. Amen? And anybody that's in His wake goes with Him. Let me ask you a question. Anybody ever watch NASCAR? I know some of you, you ain't as proud of it as you used to be, but I'm not ashamed of it. I still like NASCAR. It ain't what it used to be, right? Restrictor plates and all that mess. But... What do you learn first about NASCAR? Not bumping your neighbor and getting in the grass and all that, right? What do you learn? Drafting. 
Draft him. If you ain't got as fast of a car, but you partner with somebody else that does have one, if you'll get right up on his bumper, he'll pull you along with him. And as he goes to the front, you're going to go to the front. Amen? See, this is what God has done for you and I. When you feel the presence of God moving, draft. Amen? Draft. You don't have to work. Just be present. Get ready. And when you see it move, get in there with him and he'll pull you along. Amen? God will pull you into victory. Amen? He'll put us in a position to obtain it. Amen? You with me? Don't stop. Look, I know we all want we all to say, oh, Lord, I got to have a little relief. Isn't that right? I mean, I got to have some peace. If you don't give me some peace soon, I'm going to go to pieces. Or I'm going to tear somebody to pieces. Right? And so what we're asking God for is give me peace that everything stands still. God is not a standstill God. He tells you and I to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, but he ain't standing still, and his intent is not for you not to stay standing still. It's just stand still so you can hear and see, and then when you see him move, by all means move with him. Amen? Amen. The children of Israel had been standing still for 40 years in the wilderness for crying out loud. Amen? How long will we sit still on God? How long we sit still and sleep on Him and He's pouring blessings out and He's cutting paths for us and we're missing all of it. Amen? When God is moving in your life, don't miss the opportunity. Take advantage of it because you could go miles with God and then you might have a time where He's going to let you sit still for just a minute, right? Because He wants to teach you something. But then when He moves, go again, right? When God moves, move. How many of y'all know the children of Israel when they were over there, right? They were out in the wilderness and the Bible says that there was a cloud by day, right? A pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And what would happen? When the cloud moved, the children of Israel moved with it because they were under the cover of God. When the cloud stopped, they stopped. It's important for us to understand that, right? When God moves, move with Him. Don't let Him go over there and us still be over here because now we're not covered. Amen? This is the problem with our church today and churches around the world. God has moved and we stayed right here and we wonder why we're getting blistered in the sun. We wonder why we're being attacked. We wonder why we can't get no help because help already left. Yeah. Amen. You got to go with help if you're going to get help. <laughs> oh, I wish I had somebody to preach to today. Y'all hear me? Huh? You cannot stand still on God. You're going to be devoured. The animals see Satan's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And when God moves, you're by yourself. And we're no match for Satan. Amen? So don't it make sense when God's going to stay underneath that thing, man? Don't get out. Ain't the time to play the hokey pokey spiritual with God. Stay in, not out. Right? Go with him. And then when darkness surrounds you, when you're walking with God during the day and you feel like now night's coming and you see darkness start surrounding you, guess what he said? I'll have a pillar of fire by night. Amen? Jesus said it this way. I'm going to pray to the Father that he'll send you a comforter in the presence of the Holy Ghost. And as God moves, you move with him. But when darkness starts to surround you, then sit there and gather around the fire because where the fire is, Satan can't be. Amen? You with me? Spiritually. Because there's light. And where there's light, Satan can't be. Amen? You with me? Amen? You see? That's where we got to be. So we need to be present. We need to get up and move, be ready, 
And then we need to chase hard after God when He begins to move. Go with Him. He said to them, it was very clear and very necessary. When you see God move, when you see these priests go before you, bearing the presence of God, get up from your place, He said, and go after it. Don't get left behind. Amen? Amen. I'm not talking about just the rapture. Don't get left behind from your miracle, for your blessing, for your victory. If them folks would have stayed back and overslept, they'd have woke up and half the, oh well, all of the, all the Israeli, Israeli folks have been on the other side enjoying the presence of God, and they'd have been on this side of the flood with no way to get over there left out. Amen? Amen. There's some people in our churches that have been left out, blaming God because He closed the waters of victory up in front of them, closed the blessing, shut off the well. Yeah, He shut it off, but He, he had it open. We're the ones that slept. We missed it. Right? And what happens now, we're having to jump in that raging river ourselves, trying to swim upstream to get to our, to our loved ones on the other side, trying to get to victory on our own. And we can't do that. Amen? Amen. We cannot do it. We missed our opportunity. But there is hope in Jesus. Right? Y'all remember this story? Lord, save me. Hand comes up out of the ocean or see a gal in this case. Lord, save me. And Jesus comes over and does what? Right? So if you find yourself left behind, God is merciful. Thank God for Jesus. Because out there in the middle of your storm trying to swim across that river that Jesus already had open for you, you missed it, blaming God. Oh, I'm dying out here because you're bald, God. Right? But somewhere in the middle of that we'll go, I realize I made a mistake. Lord, please save me. And he'll reach down and grab you. Jesus will be there. He'll get you on over to the side. But why do we want to go through that? Right? Why, why, do, why is the church so reactive rather than being proactive? You with me? Why do we want to wait till all hell breaks loose to listen to God? Why do we wait till our life is falling apart before we say, God, I need victory? Why do we wait for all these things to happen before we ever turn to God? Wouldn't it be better? Think about that scenario Everybody else has done made it to the promised land. You over here fighting for your life in the Jordan rivers, carrying you downstream, and you ever questioning God, oh, why'd you let this happen, God? I can't believe you didn't blow the trumpet. Wake me up, oh my God. You know what kind of God is that? You know? And then somewhere in there we've come to a realization that it was us, not him. And hopefully in there we say, Lord, save me. And then God comes down and saves us, right? But he made a way that's so much easier than that. Right? Just get up, be present, be ready, move with him, and it's done. Amen? It's just that simple. When you feel God move in your life, go hard after Him and catch Him. Chase Him. Don't let Him out of your life. Third here, in verse 4. I love this. Let me read you verse 4. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure, not because God does not want you close to Him, but here's what He's telling them. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way, here to four. You got to keep distance. You got to be ready. You got to be where God's at. Don't get ahead of him. Don't get behind him. Be right where you need to be so that you can see him as he moves. So that you can move with him. Amen. Chase hard after him. But understand that we don't know where we're going. So we can't get so happy and so zealous that we jump ahead of God. Come on, somebody. Like we do sometimes. Right? We'll leave it of service going, yes, boom. We just pumped up on God. We just shoom. You know? God, name it, claim it thing, right? The preacher said, if you want it, claim it. Go get it. So you're jumping in that $400,000 mortgage ahead of God, right? 
because you were zealous, right? And you're like, I'm naming it, claiming it. And you just get ahead of God, and now you're underwater really bad. Because your $15 an hour salary is not going to pay for that $400,000 house. And you have signed a deal, had a good night's sleep, woke up the next day thinking, what have I done? Amen? Y'all with me? We've got to trust God and not ourselves. Because where we're going, we've never been before. Amen? Trust God. Right? He's telling them, let God go. Follow after him. Chase hard after him. But don't get, don't get so, so close that you get ahead of him. Right? You need to make sure that you're following him at a distance where you're close enough to him. But yet when you see him move, you can move with him. Don't stop. Don't get ahead of him. Keep your pace. Amen? See, here's the thing about the Christian walk. It's not... It's not about the tortoise and the hare. It's not about how fast you can get to the other side before everybody else. See, God is not unlike our world today. We live in that microwave, you've heard us say it before, time period where we want everything right now, right? Everything's got to be right now. If I can't get it right now, right? Siri, I want to be saved today, right? And she comes back, you are saved today. It does not work like that, right? It does not. See, the Christian walk is about pace. Don't go too fast, but don't go be slow either. Make sure that you are at a pace that's pleasing to God. That pace is following His Son, right? And as He moves, move, as we said, the cloud and the pillar of fire, right? Follow Him. Follow Him. If He runs, run. If He walks, walk. If He jogs, jog. If He sits, sit. Whatever He does, do it. Amen? That's the key. See, Brother Ron is teaching us a class here, as I said to you, by Kyle Eidelman, not a fan. And in that class, as I said to you earlier, it's not about being fans, it's about being followers. And a good follower knows you've got to find a good leader, and then you've got to follow them wherever they go. You've got to be all in and committed. You can't get up to them and say, you're going too slow, let me lead a little while, right? It don't work like that. With God, he's got to lead, and you've got to follow, and you've got to give distance before it and trust that where he's going, he knows what he's doing. Amen? Hardest thing right here, this is the toughest point I think that we're going to make today, this one right here. It's hard for us to trust God and not trust ourselves. Amen? Because we can't see what He sees. See, the children of Israel heard about the promised land, right? They were told by some spies about the promised land, just like you and I. But we're confused sometimes because some people have said they've had this experience with God, right? They died and they came back and they tell you things about it. But then you hear some people say about this and that. And there's such confusion. So basically what that's all about is we don't know. Amen? Now, I'm not saying people don't see that because I believe they do. But there's some people that really don't. And there's confusing everybody. So nobody really knows what's there. I think that's by design, Brother Ron. God knows. All we need to know is know Him. We don't need to know what that's like. We just need to know Him. Amen? See what I'm saying? So it's important for us to trust Him and know that He knows the way. What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He said, I know the way. He told Thomas, just follow me. I know the way. And Thomas said, what do you mean you know the way? Here's, this is what I'm telling you. See, Thomas, he couldn't see it either. He's like, what do you mean? We don't know where you're going. So how, the, how, do, how do we know? We don't know the way, right? But we know Jesus, and He said He's the way. And if He said He knows the way, then I promise you He knows the way. Amen? So for the children of Israel to get to the promised land, he told them, when you see God go, chase hard after him, be present, but make sure you keep a good pace and trust him. Trust God. 
If you're in here today and you're, in the, you're at a pivotal point in your life where you, you are at the, at, the, at the brink of greater, you're standing at that crossroad, right? And you're in a point where God's saying, trust me, and you don't know, you're like, no, Lord, let me lead, you follow me, right? You lead till I need you, or I'll lead till I need you, then you come take over. See, it ain't like geese. Geese fly in a pattern. They fly in a pattern, they tell me, now I don't know, I've never interviewed a goose, but they tell me that they fly in these patterns for a reason. The one that's in the front is the strong one. The ones in the back are the weak ones. And as this one gets weak, he comes to the back, and the strong ones go to the front. But see, it ain't that way with God. See what I'm saying? He, he never gets tired. God is never weak. We're weak. So we must always stay behind. You, trust me, you always want to see the back side of Jesus, not the front side. Let me explain that. When he comes back to this earth to set his foot on the Mount of Olives, the Bible said he's going to come back, and his feet are like brass, his eyes are like fire. Right, he's on this horse. He is, a, he is a conquering Christ. And if you're seeing his face, that is not a good thing. It means you've missed your opportunity, and now he's coming to judge. But if you're riding behind him, it means you are following him. It means you are with him. Amen, somebody? You are riding with Jesus, so you're seeing the back of his head, right? Not the front of his face. Amen? Make sure you're following Jesus not ahead of him. Amen? Because if we're ahead of him, he might turn left, and we never watched him turn. And we look back, hey, Jesus. Anybody ever been there? Man, I've been going along in life a lot of times, Kobe. And I'd be just, everything's going great, man. I'm just riding along. Right? And I don't forgot about old Jesus, right? This thing's nice. Life is good. Got my house. Got my wife. Got my kids. Got a job. Got all these things, man. It couldn't get no better. Man, life is just a box of chocolates, right? I got them all, all of them in here. I don't care what mama said. They, they're all different, but I got them, right? I'm just sitting here loving life, and all of a sudden I turn around and say, hey, Jesus, and he ain't there, right? And that's when I realized that I got ahead of him, and he turned, and I missed it. Shortly after that's when everything starts falling apart, right? We realize we missed it. This is why he's telling them, keep a good distance, keep your pace, that you trust God and follow him, because where he turns, you want to turn. Where he goes, you want to go. Where he stops, you want to stop. Don't miss God. Amen? Amen. In your zeal for greater, don't miss God. Amen? Because he is the great that we're looking for. Amen? Everything else is just benefits. Fourth. Only have five. Four. I love this in verse five and six. I want to read it to you. Verse five and six says this. Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. See, the children of Israel had to be prepared and put on the whole armor of God. Amen? He tells them, Sanctify yourselves, because tomorrow God's going to do wonders among you. Remember in verse 4, he said, You're going somewhere you've never been before. But this word sanctify means to cleanse, to prepare, to get ready, to be ready for what's about to happen. See, you can't and I can't wait till God comes to get ourselves ready. Amen, somebody. Victory comes to those who prepare. Amen. If you and I fail to prepare, we are preparing to fail. Amen. If you fail to prepare, you are preparing to fail. We have to be ready. He told him, sanctify yourselves. It's in the middle of the passages we're talking about. Why? Because that's the center of it all. Amen? 
Be ready. Be prepared. When you stand on the brink of that Jordan River, when you stand on the brink of victory, I assure you that standing on this side of the Jordan River, it's awesome, it's a blue carpet right here, and we're talking about river. That's awesome. Jordan River is not blue, by the way, but still, you know, it represents water. On this side of the Jordan River, I assure you, armies that are against you are lining up. Amen? I can assure you of that. Victory comes at a price. Amen? It comes at a price. Now, thankfully for you and I, the price has already been paid in the Son of Jesus Christ, or the Son of God in Jesus Christ. Right? So it's already been paid. All he's looking for is that, you know what, God? I'm ready because I put on Jesus. Amen? He paid the price, meaning he gave us all the tools we need to get to the other side and not be worried by these folks on the other side. Right? Not be worried about them. So you got to be prepared. Get ready to cross over, not just to receive your reward, but be ready that these enemies on the other side will be of no effect. They're only no effect if you've got Christ on, the whole armor of God. Amen? Now, y'all have heard me say this many times, but I'm going to say it again. We have to understand, when you're right here, right on the border of greater, enemies are on the other side, that we've got to put on Christ and understand that if we've got Christ, there is no effect here. We stand here shaking in our sandals. Amen? If you're in that time. In our hey dudes, if you're in this time. We are shaking in our hey dudes for fear of what's going to attack us on the other side. But if you've got Jesus already on, there's no fear in the mind of a child of God. Amen? Because you know you've got Christ. And you know what he said, right? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. He didn't say it wasn't going to be formed. He just said it's not going to prosper. Amen? And people can't, nothing can overcome us. He said we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Overcomers, he tells us. So if we know that and we put on the whole armor of God and we are present, we are prepared, we are following him, right? We're doing all the things he said to do. We're on the brink here. And now we see the enemies on that side. We got nothing to fear. Just get on in. Because they can't do nothing with Jesus. Amen? But if you stand over here and you stand in fear long enough, he's going to let you march in over there without him. See, you can't serve Jesus and be fearful. And you're not going to hear too many preachers tell you that. But you can't serve Jesus spiritually and be scared of Satan. It cannot happen. I don't know why that happens. I cannot fathom in my mind why children of God people that say they are saved if you're here today and you're saved I'm not going to tell you to raise your hand because I always hate that when I was not saved I said oh he's just asking that question and I'm going to be embarrassed because I ain't going to raise my hand right so I'd always do something like scratch your head and make it look like I'm right I'm not going to do you that way but if you're here today and you're saved then what are we fearing who was it that said we have nothing to fear but fear itself. Is that right? We don't have to fear Satan. He was conquered when Jesus died on the cross. He was conquered before that, amen, because God's God. But man, I mean, for you and I, it happened on that cross 2,000 years ago, go when Jesus said it's finished, Satan shook in his shoes, I promise you, amen, because he knew that there was now, right, a way for children of God for escape. He knew that nothing now he could do 
could cause us to go to hell. Nothing. If the blood of Christ is applied to our hearts, Satan can do nothing to take you to hell. Zero. Zero. He can't stop you from the promised land. Satan can't stop you from the victory that you're seeking today. He's going to stand on this side over here, and he's going to stand here and say, if you come over here, I'm going to hit you in the nose. I mean, I'm going to break your arm. He can stand over here, and he's going to threaten you. He's going to threaten you with taking your children's lives, taking your husband's lives, take your wife's life, take your job. He's going to threaten you with every single thing that he knows bothers you. Whatever it is that bothers you, he's going to threaten you by it. But I promise you, just get on in the water and step over there because you're going to walk right by that loudmouth because he can't do nothing with Jesus. Amen. Amen, somebody. He can't do nothing with him. He's just talking. You ever been around somebody just bumping them gums? Right? Like a little chihuahua. They don't realize they're little. Chihuahuas think they're 10 foot tall and bulletproof. It always amazed me. Big old 120 pound rock water standing there looking at him like, that's a good hors d'oeuvre. And that chihuahua's like, I'm going to kill you. Right? If you, just, if, you just, if you just get down here closer to me, I'm going to bite your nose. I mean, seriously, what could the chihuahua do to the rock water? Think about it now. Now, I know some of y'all might have chihuahuas thinking, my dog would kill that chihuahua. No, he wouldn't either. I'm telling you right now, it ain't going to happen. He might nibble at him. He might cause a little blood to come out. But if that rock water gets enough, he's just going to floss with him. Amen? <laughs> I guarantee you I'm going to get some emails from Peter. <laughs> this thing, is, we, we, we live. Amen? <laughs> but when the rock water gets enough, right, it ain't no contest. Jesus got enough when he was on the cross. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. He took a lot. Man, Jesus got spit on. The little chihuahua's biting at him, right? They just, bah, 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 bah. you know, Pharisees tell him he ain't nothing. We're going to kill you. We're going to do all this right. Spit on him, beat on him, did all these things. And he just kept taking it like the old Rockwaller. Yeah. Right? Sitting back here thinking, I could just burp and you're dead. <laughs> right? And, but he just, he just kept walking. Right? He just kept walking, kept doing what he was doing because he knew that he was the answer to cross the Jordan. Yeah. He knew he was the answer for you and I to get to the promised land. He knew that. So he just kept on taking it until that day on the cross. And he reached down and just devoured the old chihuahua. Amen? Don't fear what's on the other side of the Jordan. Fear who owns the Jordan. Who owns it all. Fear God. If you fear God, you've got nothing else to worry about. Amen? Because the fear of the Lord is an awesome thing. Amen? Be prepared. Put on the whole armor of God. And lastly... In, in, as you read here, this whole thing, verse 1 through 11, it really sums it up that if God is for us, who can be against us, right? I mean, really, if He's for us, who can be against us? So I started this off today saying this. This message is for Gethsemane Church. This message today is for all of us in here. Don't leave here thinking that this is an awesome message that the world needs to hear. This is a message for you and me. This message today is for Kim, it's for Julie, it's for Denny, it's for Diane, right? It's for all of us. All of us that are sitting in here today, this message is for you and it's for me, okay? It's time for us to go get our reward. He's already put it there, just go get it. And don't let anything stand between you and it, amen? 
this, this river, the Jordan River, I mean, come on, somebody. Was that really a problem for God? Was it really a problem for the children? No. It was not at all. It was just a test for God to say, do you trust me enough to just do what I said to do, and I'm going to go and do what I say I'm going to do, and are you going to really trust me enough to follow me? Amen. That's it. For you today, it's just that. Man, the Word of God has been preached, I mean, for years and years and years and years. Since the beginning of time, this Word has been preached. In the Old Testament and the New Testament now since Christ, there's never been a time that the Word of God has not been on this earth. Never. It's always been. He tells us that. Right? This, this just didn't come out in 1611 when King James decided to put this in writing. It's always been. And so the message has always been the same. What I just said to you today. God has greater for His children. It's up to us to go get it. It's up to us to get the greater life in salvation. It's up to us to live a greater life through salvation. It's up to us to have eternal life in that salvation in Christ Jesus. Greater has always been God's intent for the church. I haven't said anything to you today that you probably haven't ever heard. So it's still the same. The children of Israel would still be on that side of the Jordan River. Generation after generation would have died out by now, and they'd have still been over there trying to figure out how to get over to the promised land. Had they not listened to God, had they not been prepared, had they not walked up to the brink of, of, of this particular river, right? Had they not done all the things we talked about today, they'd have still been over there. Always. And I'm going to say to you today, before we read Philippians 3.13 again, in part, I want to read the second part of that. You and I are going to stay in our misery until we decide to do what he said to Joshua. Amen. Until we do what he said right here. Until we decide to get up and go after him. And when we see him move, chase after him. Get prepared. Get ourselves ready. Right? Until we do those things. Until we, until we say, Lord, I trust you. I can't see where we're going. But I know that you're God and I'm, I'm going to follow you. Right? Until we know those things. And know that God, if God's for us, who can be against? Until we know all these principles we talked about today. We're going to stay right where we are right here. I can't tell you the times I've talked to people saying over and over and over, they're still in the same situation they were 25 years ago. That's not God's fault. Amen? We're still standing on the brink. We're right here on the bank. God has gotten us to victory through Jesus Christ, but it's up to us to accept Jesus and get on over into our victory. Amen? And walk in that. Amen? Otherwise, you're going to die on this side of the Jordan River. And you're never going to achieve greater. Amen? Never. Whether it's in salvation or whether you're, or you may be a child of God, but you're struggling so much and you're wondering why am I struggling? Well, it's because we've, we've forgotten who we follow. Amen? And we've, we, we, we've just kind of forgot. I don't know what happens, but we forget. But it's the same river you cross to get saved. It's the same river you've got to cross to get to the victory that you're looking for. Amen? It's all found in Jesus. All found in Him. You ever wonder why He uses water from the cross? You ever thought about it? When they came out of bondage, they had to cross over some water. Jordan River, they had to cross over water. Jesus sitting at the well, right? He's always using water. Why? Jesus said, I am the living water. Amen? <laughs> See what I'm saying? It, it all starts with the water, and it ends with the water. 
It starts with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. Water baptism, it's not chance or circumstance, right? Jesus. Victory. This represents victory right here. This right here? This isn't a sauna. That, this isn't just a sauna that Christian and I use when y'all are, I mean, a, <laughs> some of y'all was asleep. I just seen half the church wake up. Y'all don't know nothing. Y'all don't know nothing else in the message. Y'all going to leave here saying, my, my, my pastor and his wife been using that as a hot tub. Man, we turn the lights down, turn these, I mean, anyway. Nobody wants to be baptized ever again, do you? I know. But the water, <laughs> but the baptism pool represents victory. Amen? That's what it represents. The water that's in that pool represents Christ. Amen? It represents living water. Amen? And it represents us saying, I believe. And you got on the brink and you took a big step out into the unknown. Amen? And then you followed Jesus and he just said, follow me. Amen? And you made it over here. And you're now living in your victory. So the same thing. If you're saved and you're fighting some battles, do the same thing you did. Right? Go back and do your first works. Get up to the brink again. Trust Jesus like you did the first time. And just follow him. You'll get the victory. I want to pray with you here today. If you would, bow your head with us. I want to read a passage of scripture to you. I started with this passage. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. I'm going to read this in part to you. Forgetting those things which are behind, Paul said, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Forget those things which are behind you and I. They have no effect on us. Jesus has got your backside, I promise you. That's why he don't, he don't you've heard me say before, there's, in the whole armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6, the backside of a child of God is not covered. The reason it's not covered is because he never intends for us to run. And number two, because you don't have to worry about your backside. Jesus is standing there. He's got your back. You know, we hear people say it all the time. In the world we live today, it's so passive. I got your back. They don't really have your back. They'll stab you in the back. But Jesus has your back. That's how you can stand on the brink and know something greater is coming because he's behind you. He's in front of you. He's beside you. He's beneath you. He's above you. He's all over you. Amen? So with that being said, some of us, Need to step on into the water. Trust God. Amen? And walk in the victory that's been provided to us through Christ. Amen? Look, it's not difficult. Pray. Seek, pray, talk, accept. Seek, pray, talk, accept. Walk. Amen? That's it. Seek God. Talk to Him. Accept Him. And then walk in it. Just that simple. I want to pray to you today.